Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. And Rod B, but no Rod B today. Rod is uh, a happy man. Uh, six pound, eight ounce baby girl born last night. His wife Melissa doing well, baby doing well. As of uh, a text message from Rod in the six o'clock hour this morning, they have not chosen a name. I haven't chosen a name. I'm pretty sure they don't let you leave the hospital unless you put a name on it. A player to be named later. A player to be named later <laughs> for Rod B. So people have been very kind to. Send messages of uh, what their name should be. Beyonce Babers is the current leader in the clubhouse. Beyonce? I like it. I like I like It's clever. I wonder if Beyonce is a, a, a growing name, right? We probably. Know that probably popular... ta- Taylor's a big name probably for kids right now, I'm guessing. Taylor Swift, yes. The Swifties, for sure. That was a big story yesterday and will continue to be as long as she's dating Travis Kelsey. Did you see, by the way, we just came off bullish or BS, and this is not surprising, but uh, this is the consumer culture we live in. The The jersey of uh, the jersey sales for Travis Kelsey went through the roof, and I'm assuming it's just Taylor Swift fans buying the jersey. Yeah. Was it up 400%? Yeah. In like a week? In there, a day. There's a TikTok trend of kids uh, or of like uh, women messing with their like partners or husbands or whatever about saying like, oh, it's so nice that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on. So now everybody knows who he is. And and they're filming the reaction of like the boyfriends or the dads or things like that. It's hilarious because like as you, as you would if somebody said that to you, you just flip instantly. And it, it's it's pretty funny to watch. <laughs> A 400% spike in sales through the Fanatics network sites. 400%. I wonder if there are still eight- those out there that are alleging that this is all marketing and promotion. That the, 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 how many people think, how many PR people think work for Taylor Swift? Oh, I, I would put, I is would a put firm? a lot of money is on that opinion being correct. That I've seen videos of her during like when Trump was running for president and, uh, She's in a room with like 15 people in a circle, and she's basically being like, "I want to come out and say bad things about Trump." And they're like, "Oh, you can't, you can't do that. You can't like." Oh, I saw that. Like, like in a boardroom. Yes, like yeah. They're like, "Come on, Taylor, Taylor no, no." no. She's like, "I can do whatever I, I can say what I want." It, to I say. mean, <laughs> you'd be surprised. That, I mean, like I worked around a, a, a individual who is who's pretty big, and they're they those decisions aren't just like, "Hey, let's do this," or you know, obviously you have to react sometimes. Well, but you're the perfect person because can I say who that was? Yeah, yeah, of course, Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Right. Am I guessing properly? Yeah. You worked yeah. with around Lance Armstrong for a yep. long time. And that was, there were important PR decisions to be made throughout that. <laughs> a few. <laughs> a few. <laughs> a few. Nick Shuley is here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, for Taylor Swift, maybe, if they're dating, that's great. And hopefully yep. they are because, you know, we had Travis Kelsey, you know, confirming it, or, or Jason Kelsey, her, her, his brother. And then he, she's at the game next to mom. Um, but, you know, Jersey sales spike. This is a cool story. Um, wouldn't be surprising if, hey, you know what we should do, Taylor? You know, that story of the football player with the bracelet, didn't want to come to your concert, wanted to shoot his shot, didn't get his chance. It's it's a great story. Hey, what are we talking about? And, and you know, the funny thing is she just did this, like, after, after her breakup. I only know this because she started dating the lead singer of the band that I think is 
one of the best bands in the world right now, the 1975, and they're playing ACL the second weekend, by the way. But he, the, she started dating Maddie Healy, and he's like super artsy, and all the Taylor Swift fans just hated him because he's, you know, he's got tattoos, he's he's very politically minded, and and he, uh, they did not like her dating him, and but. This, it was the exact same thing. I, I know this because I had to have a fight with my girlfriend's roommate about this because she was saying that, oh, no, this isn't publicity. She was with his mom. By the way, she was with Maddie's mom at Maddie's concert because they just headlined the Moody Center and all these places. And so she, it's the exact same script again. She went into the artsy kind of hipster world, and now she's crossed into the it's football funny. world. It's, uh, you know, it feels very, I, I you know, when it, when it looks and smells like PR and marketing to me, it generally is. And... I don't know. Marty uh, from, from his front. Me well, too. for sure. For who's from the Way PR, over. and good for them if they are. If not, yeah, you, you're from the PR marketing. Hopefully, they're side. in love, and it's just beautiful. All right. <laughs> Let's get to some headlines. Get back to the Longhorns in Kansas, and uh, the end of Monday night games from last night. Two big wins for the Astros and Rangers. Let's get to the headlines. Top Gun, Reynolds, and lawn equipment bring it to you. Start with Texas football. What a difference a couple of years makes, huh? Texas uh, just as soon forget the last time Kansas came to town uh, to DKR. That was 2021. They stunned the Longhorns 57-56 in that overtime game. Put an exclamation point on a pretty awful 5-7 first season for Steve Sarkeesian. It was Kansas' only win over an FBS team that year. Fast forward to this Saturday afternoon, the now third-ranked and 4-0 Longhorns will host the 24th-ranked and 4-0 Jayhawks in a critical Big 12 matchup. At his weekly Monday news conference yesterday, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian was pretty clear that there's no need to look back for any motivation from that day to this one for the Longhorns. We've come a long way as a program, and in a lot of phases, you know, schematically, you know, um, the roster, the culture, the environment at DKR, we don't have to go backwards. You know, we're going to keep forging forward, and you know, we, we've got we've got a lot of goals that, that we're trying to obtain this year, and we're trying to reach. Uh, we recognize Kansas is a good football team, but to try to make our guys feel bad for losing the game two years ago that it, that it sucked for everybody, uh, I don't I don't know what benefit that is. We got to focus on the task at hand, and that's playing this Kansas team because this Kansas team is a lot different than that Kansas team two years ago as well. Texas-Kansas, 2.30 this Saturday afternoon. Also yesterday, Longhorn linebacker Jalen Ford named the Reese's Senior Bowl's Defensive Player of the Week for his strong performance in Saturday's win. Ford led Texas with eight tackles, one for loss, snagged his second interception already this season. He's got six on his career. He's already got the fourth most for any linebacker in the program's history. Uh, program also, UT, formally announced that, as usual, the Red River Shootout a week from Saturday at the Cotton Bowl, Texas OU be an 11 a.m. kick. NFL doubleheader of Monday Night Football last night to wrap up week three in the league. Tampa Bay. In Tampa Bay, the Eagles went to, came to town to wallop the Buccaneers uh, 25-11. to They improved to 3-0 in the young season. They joined Miami and San Francisco as the league's only undefeated teams. Uh, outgained uh, yards, yard, yard, yards in the game. Outgained the uh, Buccaneers by nearly 3-1. Uh, in Cincinnati, Bengals posted their first win of the 2023 season. They held off the L.A. Rams 19-16 in a rematch of Super Bowl 56. Uh, light night of Major League Baseball, only four games on the card, but it did include a pair of huge wins for the Lone Star teams out west. Uh, and in Anaheim, first place Rangers won their sixth in a row, beat the Angels 5-1. to How about back-to-back-to-back home runs in the sixth inning for Adoles Garcia, Mitch Garver, and Nathaniel Lowe. That back to solid start from John Gray. Rangers maintain their two-and-a-half game lead over the Astros, who also won a game last night. Critical series in Seattle. They win it by the same score, 5-1. Home runs for Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. Justin Verlander took a shutout into the ninth inning. 
Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, so uh, good stuff. Nick Shuley, nice enough to come in with uh, Rod Babers doing his uh, his daddy duty, which is congratulations to he and his wife, and uh, couldn't be happier for them. And I uh, can't wait to hear Rod's tales of fatherhood, which we will uh, get coming in here. Interesting to hear uh, Sark. We'll hear some more from Sark coming up, talking about no need to look back. But he did talk yesterday about uh, that maybe that loss to Kansas two years ago was important for the program. It was uh, it needed uh, to root out some some warts, as he called them, and we'll do that. I do want to mention the Jalen Ford story again because I do think, you know, I think the Jalen Ford story illuminates what is is really exciting about this Texas program right now. There's a lot to like about being ranked third in the country and, you know, you know 4-0, win at Alabama, putting yourself in the mix. And, and we know, Nick, uh, with a couple more wins here, if they could beat Kansas as a double-digit, you know, two-touchdown or more favorite – if they can then turn around and, and handle business in the Cotton Bowl and be undefeated into their bye week at 6-0, and man, sky's the limit at that point. Because if you beat a pair of ranked teams back-to-back, because Kansas is ranked and undefeated now. When you play Oklahoma, Oklahoma plays Iowa State this weekend. They're going to be 5-0 and coming to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, and they're going to move up, most likely. They'll be ranked you know, in the top 15. You win both of those games on top of a win over Alabama and Tuscaloosa, you know, you're, you're not just talking Big 12 championship now into your bye week. You're talking... The big deal, right? The the final four. The hype train's going to yeah, hit an all new level, right? And and that for and you've earned that. I mean, it's hype for sure, but at the same time, you've put the work in to to start your season that way, and now you can be into that conversation. And as we said all off season, if they can do what they they have an opportunity to do over the next two weeks, um, you know, you you've checked a lot of boxes of what the questions were. Could this program do it? Could Star could take a big step forward in year three? Now you got to go win these games, and you got to put. Um, you know, you put it in the dirt, as they say. But if you do, now you're talking about even bigger things. And, and you know, th- this opportunity comes on the heels of another five-star lineman committing to Texas yesterday. And one of the reasons I want to get into this with you is you're you're really close in the NIL space, right? Nick Shuley, in addition to your work with live music here in Austin, Texas, and the Austin Music Movement, you also uh, started and created the Clark Field Collective, which is now Clark Field Creative. You also are heavy with the Texas One Fund. And I want to talk to you about that. But look, immediately when Texas gets another five-star, the thing is, well, they got another five-star. And they're NIL. They're buying players. Okay, That's the kind of the narrative. And as Rod and I debated yesterday, NIL certainly helps, right? Texas has deep pockets. It's now legal. But it's not just that. Because uh, the t- the kid yesterday, Brandon Baker from Modern Day out in uh, San California, Southern California, uh, you know, it's not just NIL why he's leaving California. You know, Sark's own son went to that same high school who's playing on this Texas team right now. There's ties to that program in Sark, without a doubt. Uh, there's also, you know, the great education at the University of Texas. But I think the word that, that Rod said yesterday that I think is maybe the key to all this right now for Texas is development. Yeah. Development. You know, where can I go where I'm going to play with really good players, make some money because it's now legal, and be developed to go off to the next level while getting a great education. And, you know, it's and Jalen Ford's a great example of that. Because yes, they're now getting five stars, but I, I read this earlier, Nick, and I'll read it again. Jim Nagy, who they handed out the award yesterday, the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, they hand out a national player of the week every week. And yesterday they announced that Jalen Ford was the Reese's Senior Bowl defensive player of the week nationally. And the Senior Bowl is that all-star game they play every year in uh in, in Alabama, and it's the best draftable seniors or players and they you know 
go head to head. Of course, get a week of practice in front of all the NFL scouts, and it's their kind of launch into the draft process. Well, upon announcing that Jalen Ford was the defensive player of the uh, of the week, Jim Nagy, who's the director of the Senior Bowl, had this tweet: "said Few things are harder for NFL scouts to find than one, an off-ball linebacker who can play on subdowns, and two, a defensive player who turns the ball over. Nobody in the 2024 draft fits both roles like Texas football linebacker Jalen Ford." Pretty high praise from someone who is higher up as far as that hierarchy goes. And I always say Jalen Ford was a three-star pick uh, recruit. Uh, this is a guy that came in with with not a lot of herald, who is now getting credit like that from a guy like Jim Nagy. That uh, this guy is going to be uh, a hugely popular prospect come draft time. Though you know you combine all those things, Nick, this is a, a very attractive place. And you have a guy like Sark who's doing a good job, you know, coaching. Development is huge, and it's the thing Texas wasn't doing for so long. You know, where five stars come to die, right? Five stars <laughs> turn into three stars. Uh, you know, Texas has, in, in a short amount of time, since that Kansas game that we just talked about and everybody re- wants to forget, they um, they have changed that culture. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal because if, if Jalen Ford, a three-star, is going to become a high NFL draft pick, um, you know, if Arch Manning and the Manning family give you the endorsement that we want to come be developed, our, co- our you know, our, our next player wants to be developed by this coaching staff, this is what's attracting these players. It's not just NIL money, Nick. Yeah, 100%. And and first off, I mean, Jalen, it speaks to his work ethic. Like, we we work with him a lot, and he is an amazing kid. He was the first one to say something about, you know, don't drink the poison of everybody talking great about it. He's a great leader. He works his rear end off. And also, by the way, he is enormous. Like, he is a large human. He His, his arms are bigger than my legs. So he's, <laughs> and you're a bike rider. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but he, uh, yeah, he's definitely that. But, uh, you know, I we talk about this all the time. The easy, lazy thing that everyone always wants to say anytime Texas gets a commitment is, oh, you know, NIL and money and blah, blah, blah. Like, here's the deal. Like, and we talk about this a lot. And I, I'm actually really tight with the folks who – uh, run Division Street, like the Oregon, the the University of Oregon Collective, which is a lot of Nike folks. And look, it, it, like yeah, there's there's money out there, but if people are talking about that, like that's the sole reason kids are coming. There's money everywhere. Like there, do you think Oregon doesn't have money? Yeah, Texas has money. That's not that's not the difference, and that's not the thing. Yeah, I'm sure that plays into a lot of these kids' decisions. Obviously, if they're if they're smart, it needs to be in that conversation. But what Texas can offer outside of that, I think you you not only have these, you know, you not only now have, you know, we're winning, we're developing, we have Texas, we're in Austin, we're in an exciting city. There are, you know, you look at stories like Tuck of kids getting, you know, that don't end up playing football. You can still find a place to go. Those are the things, in my opinion, that actually separate it. Because if if a family's sole decision in the in you know in their room with the with the coaches, like based on oh I, this 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 amount or that amount, you know, which you know we're we're honestly not a part of that. We have nothing to do any of that, and the coaches don't either. But like, if that's the decision you're making, then then that you can go anywhere. There's there's money everywhere. There's money at Oklahoma State. There's money at you know all these things. But I think that like if you're looking at this from a from a you know ten thousand foot perspective, the amount of things that Austin and Texas can offer, yeah, we're totally biased. It's it's another it's another level. Yeah, and, and again, and Rod B, who played in the NFL, and if not for shoulder injuries, would have played a longer career. He understands this. The, the, all that's great, but they want to play in the league. Yeah, the guys who want to are coming to Texas want to play in the league, and you know that's how Georgia's been built. That's why they're littering NFL rosters with players. That's why they've taken and built a wall around the state of Georgia. 
because uh, Georgia's winning and they're going to the NFL. And they're developing. They're yeah. developing. That's the that's the key. And then I'll give Sark a lot of credit because you know when Longhorn fans were told trust the process by Tom Herman, they you know, cake is baked and Charlie Strong. I mean, you, you know, this is just the latest coach telling us you know it takes time, wait and see. And it's not there yet, but boy, you see it going in a really good place because this coaching staff is elite. This coaching staff oh. is developing players. Uh, Jalen Ford, uh, David Benda. Think about David Benda. Yeah. Uh, did did uh, Ty? Did uh, Patrick cut the David Benda quote? Cut because I heard a, the. I thought it was a great quote from the press conference yesterday. David Benda is a fifth year player. Yeah. And David Benda in in let's hear let's hear Sark talking about because he tells the story of, of, of this should be recognized. Because it's so easy to go find a new place today. Like if you're if you're getting passed up on the depth chart and you're not playing much, you know, go somewhere else. And that, no one's going to criticize you for it. Sark wanted to recognize David Bend, who had a heck of a game against the uh, Baylor Bears. I, I love I love David Bend's story. You know, in this day and age of college football, uh, I, I think we're we're diminishing and losing the value of perseverance. And he is a prime example of perseverance. That you know. For two years, he's at best a role player, you know, spotty special teams play. Um, some games, you know, plays a few snaps, some not. Uh, but the, the stick-to-itness, the, the work ethic, um, the commitment to the program, like I said, he had his best offseason this offseason, his best spring, his best summer. Um, you know, and in the end, he's earning a degree from the University of Texas, which was part of the reason he chose to come to school here. He's a frontline player for us now. He's a team leader. Um, hopefully that, that we celebrate those guys more nowadays because they're starting to become a dying breed. We, we, we don't see those guys as much anymore. It's nowadays if, well, he's not starting as a true freshman or a, or a true sophomore, so what's wrong? Well, he's developed, you know, and development is, is a big key component to building your program and sustaining your program. Um, but the players need to recognize development too, and I think that's something that David recognized, that he continued to get better, he continued to work. I think credit Jeff Choate, our linebacker coach, for, for the work that he's done with him. And, and hopefully there's more examples of that as we move through this era of the transfer portal, that, that those guys that, that have that level of perseverance off the field to stick to something that they committed to doing, um, I think – carry that perseverance onto the field with them as well. And um, I think David's just a, a really prime example of that. All right, good stuff. Great. I mean, Jonathan Brooks or Jonathan Brooks on the running back side. You know, again, I don't criticize guys if they want to go somewhere else, right? I mean, Dave, Jonathan Brooks was behind a five-star running back and uh, in Bijan and Roshan, and then they recruited a five-star you know, kid from Orlando, and he, he's the starter. You know, it's kind of natural to say, man, hey, I'll go somewhere else. I'm a good player. Uh, no, and that here's a text that says Benda is a great example of wanting to play for Texas, not at Texas, for Texas, and he did promise his parents he'd get a degree. He's out of Katy, and uh, just you know, and I'm sure you've worked with him on the NIL space. It's a, these are these are good kids that are what Sark is doing. There's a lot of substance to this. This isn't just flash and four and zero start. There's a lot going on that really started with that Kansas loss two years ago. Yeah, and and look the these. Uh, the, like it's impressive to see what's going on. I had someone tell me the other day, I forget, we were talking about Texas, and they're like, I'm still not sold on Sark. And I'm like, well, like every sign he's showing shows that he knows what he's doing, that he's building it right, and you know, with time. And look, things things go wrong. Teams that win national championship lose games, and it doesn't mean that that, that the world the sky's falling or 
things like that. But he's he's showing all the signs, and it's impressive to me the way he's building a program. It's not just it's not just the product on the field and understanding how to you know how to talk to the media, how to talk to recruits, how to talk to donors. All these things like those are all pieces of going into a head coach. And Mac Brown was great at it. He was a great CEO of that program and a great face and. And, you know, just did a good job with a lot of that stuff. And I think, uh, to me, Sark's showing a lot of those signs, and and I'm impressed. And I think, you know, these next couple of weeks are going to tell us a lot, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how people react if things don't go perfectly. But it's, you know, this is uh, – it, it, things are, are definitely focused in the right direction and heading in the right direction. I think, you know, we had all these moments where it felt like we were kind of wandering aimlessly, and I don't feel like that anymore. This feels right. Yeah, it's, it's not hollow. I mean, yeah. it's just not just going to collapse depth. tomorrow. And there's depth everywhere, not just in like on the well, field. It's it, yeah. and, and again, when you're adding the number one tackle prospect in the nation, and the number one rush end prospect, edge rusher in the nation, for next year, on top of Arch Manning and all these, I mean, these recruiting classes start to stack. Yeah, and if they're then getting developed, because look, the guys we just talked about, Jalen Ford and David Bender, they were here when Sark got here. Yeah, like those were guys they inherited that are developing, stuck with it, stuck it out. That's that is that is an outlier in today's college football. Where well, the new coaching staff comes and they don't like me, I'm moving on. I mean, those guys saw that they hired a really good staff that can help me get better, and those are. But then you start recruiting the top end talent, and again, those guys aren't all going to work out. No one's saying that, but if you bring in several five stars each year and you bat seventy five percent with them, that's pretty good. Now you're cooking in Georgia's territory, and when Alabama was great, because you're you're taking those best players across the country, putting them into a great culture, and it develops. That's the the thing. But you got to go win games and keep this thing going. But it does feel like that that message that is being sold that has helped build this foundation is now turning into results on the football field. Well, and I love having that conversation with the kids, like just for for our own research of like. Hey, when when Georgia's when Georgia's coming after you, what are they what are they saying? What are they talking about? And it's not like to me, I I don't even I don't care about the like money aspect of it. It's more of like how are they selling their program? That's super interesting to me to hear what the kids care about. And Georgia's big pitch from the the few kids I've talked to that were considering Georgia, like that, that came here, like was development. That was it. And it was like you're we're not gonna sit here and tell you you're gonna come in and play. We're going to sit here and tell you we're going to put you through a program and put you with coaches and a team that that is going to get you ready. Look at our resume. Look at what we do. And that's a powerful sell. And if we can start selling that along with winning, along with Austin, along with you know NIL, everything there is out there, like it's a, it's a pretty compelling reason to, to end up in Austin. Agreed. And that's why I started this conversation with the Jalen Ford tweet from Jim Nagy. When, when Jim Nagy's noticing, he, he's tweeted about the Texas defensive tackles, uh, you know, it was last year that Coburn and Mo- Ojimo, he said, man, these guys came out of nowhere. They were not on our radar going right. into the season, and they ended up both draftable players. That's the kind of stuff, and you're right, that's what players want. Sure, I want to get a great education. Um, I want to make some money while I'm here. I want to live in a great city. But when at the end of the day, I'm not going into the NFL. I'm going to be disappointed. And um, they can't all, but at the same time, uh, if you're putting more, like they had what the, 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 this team right now is going to have a ton of guys drafted into the NFL if they stay healthy. Uh, one more from Sark, because we played it a couple times, but I think it bears repeating. This is what we're talking about. And this started with the Kansas game two years ago. And remember, that was the Kansas game that they lost to a Kansas team that was terrible. Even Lance Leipold was on with Jim Rome yesterday and said, man, we were young, we were bad. We didn't even have, what, like 50 scholarship players. And they beat Texas 57-56 uh, in overtime. And that game came after they had lost, remember, they had lost to Iowa State and the Bo Davis bus ramp. 
And so what are you going to get? I remember doing the shows leading up. What are they going to get with this? And we got Bo Davis yelling at people, get off the bus or get on. Uh, and that thing was spiraling out of control. Because remember, they started that year pretty good. Uh, they were 4-1, uh, and one, and they were playing Oklahoma, and they were up big, and everything fell apart. Caleb Williams came in the game. They lost that game 55-48, and then they lost again, and then they lost again, and then it just spiraled out of control. And here's Sark talking about, you know what? When we had guys who were abandoning in our ship that, that weren't getting on the ship, uh, we kind of needed to know that. We needed to know who was with us and who wasn't, and that helped build, you know, clean out and then build up to where we are. Here's Sark yesterday kind of uh, uh, talking, talking Zenish about what that was and what it meant to where they are now. We're a resilient group. You know, I think externally it felt worse to some degree. You know, it hurts to, to lose any. As a competitor, it's never fun to lose. I don't care if it's, you know, ping pong, whatever it is, man. If you're going to compete at something, you're trying to win. And naturally in that game, we didn't play as good as we would have liked. Um, they made some plays at critical moments. The game didn't go our way. Um, but in a, in, a, in a weird way, I'm kind of glad it happened, right? Because it exposed some warts in our program that needed to get removed. And if we hadn't removed those warts, we might not be where we are today in our program. And so sometimes, you know, not all storms come to, to, to cause, you know, issues in your life. Some storms come to clear the path. And I felt like that storm cleared a path for us on what we needed to do in our program to move forward. All right. We're a resilient group. Cleared a path. Some storms are needed. Clean it out. Uh, good stuff right there to wrap up that conversation. Coming back, we'll talk to Nick Shuley about some NIL, where the space is right now, because it was a mess for a while. Is it calming down a little bit? Uh, or where he sees it, because he sees it on a daily basis with the name, image, and likeness and uh, all that's out there. Uh, also, we'll get back into Texas and Kansas and certainly the games from last night, the Monday night football games, and your thoughts on where Sark has this program and where it's going. Hit the text line, 512-337-3776. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Rod Babern, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Congrats to Rod and his wife. They had a baby yesterday. That's funny. We had, Rod was out Friday, Nick, and uh, had the false alarm, we learned. We were on Friday, he, right before the show, said, man, I can't come in. Looks like we're going into labor. And then we kept waiting to hear from Rod, and nothing ever came. And then he showed up at the pregame on Saturday. Yeah, false alarm. The practice false run. alarm. And he said, "Yeah, fire drill." <laughs> and as I said, well, they're going to they're going to charge you for that, you know, Oof. hospitals and all that. But uh, now the real deal, uh, we knew it could come at any point. And I got a message from Rod about two o'clock yesterday afternoon that uh, it's happening, bro. We're on our way. So here we go, the real thing. No That's more dress awesome. rehearsal. So they uh, they'll be uh, handling that business. And little six pound, eight ounce baby girl born last night, about just after eight o'clock. So excited for them. So Nick Shuley is in the house uh, from the. Uh, the live music world here in Austin is the president of the Austin Music Movement, but also uh, founder of the Clark Field Creative, and uh, now working closely with the Texas One Fund. Uh, have it, has it calmed down? I mean, where do you think it is? Because, you know, uh, just your where are we right now? Is it uh, crazier than ever, or are we getting some semblance of calmness, or at least some understanding of what's happening? That's a great question. I'm, uh, I'm not totally sure how to answer that. Like, I, I figured by now that there would have been, you know, there was so much talk of, of legislation and those things. And obviously there's still there's still a lot in the work, but it 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 hasn't completely leveled out. I don't think it's as 
I don't think it's as, you know, like nuts as it was when we first started. It's starting to feel like it is leveling out. This is what I was talking to some of the Oregon folks about and, and just, you know, wh- what they were seeing out there. And I, and I, and I, it's all the more reason I think it's key as this, as this goes of how do you build things outside of just a, an, an NIL that's about raising money. And I think the, the, you know, there's a lot of things you can offer, but I also think it's super important as fans to support the NIL effort. And I know I'm completely biased, but, but giving, giving to the Texas one fund and supporting that and like helping with that, I think is so key to, 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 you know, the future of the program. And I think that a lot of what, what we found, and I know the one fun folks have found this as well, is it's a lot of uh, somebody else will do it, or somebody else will take care of it, or UT's got you know all these all these big money donors that are going to make sure that everything works out okay. And it's like if you have that attitude, it's not going to work out because it is like it is important to support this, and it's it's kind of the future. And things have changed about you know how how you build programs and how you you know support these things and i'm not just talking football i'm talking basketball i'm talking volleyball i'm talking rowing i'm talking all these things like th- that support goes a long long way to texas continuing to be the, the the biggest of what it is and i think you know figuring out how you can contribute to that is super important and then also on our side as a business how you can uh, like kind of how you can participate in that is super important and you know we just will announce it soon what I talked about it last week you know the gallery furniture deal we just did there's there's a lot of good stuff happening on the quote for profit side and you know Texas One Fund being the non-profit side so I think there's a lot of way businesses can participate and uh, well, tell, as tell well folks as, so the gallery furniture thing Jim McInvale who played football at Texas Mattress Mac played football way back for Daryl Royal uh, how does something like that come about like so Kelvin Banks is the left tackle, uh, headed off to the NFL eventually. But boy, great player while he's here. You know, McInvale set him up with a new bed, and he said the fanciest bed you've ever seen. Oh a mattress. Gosh. It's got speakers, and you know, Kelvin said he's sleeping very well. <laughs> <laughs> how does that happen? I mean, it's not it's not Kelvin going out asking Jim McInvale for a bed. How does how does that happen through you guys? Well, it's a mix of you know inbound, outbound, et cetera. And we got connected by a, a, a mutual friend onto that, and, and a person who helps out a lot on on connecting things in NIL. And I think that. Um, there's lots of different ways to do it. And I think that's, that's the key is that we try to make sure, look, you can, you can do deals by yourself. You can contact a kid and, and do a deal and just make sure everything's compliant. But what we try to do is, is serve as a, as an agency in a sense that, that makes sure all the pieces get completed in those deals, like in a, you know, in a Kelvin Banks deal, making sure that everything that gallery furniture wants to happen happens, you know, kind of staying on top of it, communicating with the kids, making sure they understand and all the, all the in-betweens of, but we're trying to make sure that stays professionalized. So people don't, you know, do a deal and a kid doesn't, you know, disappear, not respond back or things like that. And, And look, these kids are busy. They're, and they're also kids, but they're, you know, they're, they're doing some great stuff and they have this big platform. And I think what's turning into what, you know, one of the biggest platforms there is, is, is NIL. And I think the folks who, who see that and participate in that are going to get a lot of bang for their buck. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, Nick Shuley with good stuff behind the scenes of what's happening behind that curtain as we get this going. Speaking of behind the curtain, I wanted to play this because, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of keeping receipts has really become the rage these days, right? I mean, Deion Sanders keeping receipts and, you know, F the doubters and F the haters and all that, using it as fuel. How about this? Okay, so we know Deion has been the story of college football. There's no doubt it's been a great story for the industry of football to have Deion Sanders off to great success. And, you know, the fact that they got smoked by Oregon, not surprising to really anybody that that pays attention to football, 
that program, like we're talking about with Sark, right? You know, Sark in year one needed time to build the program. I mean, trust me, when Deion Sanders, if he stays at Colorado into year three, this will be a better-looking program even then. His kid will probably be off to the NFL playing quarterback, but he'll recruit another one. I mean, it takes time. I mean, this is why people may be unfair to Sark uh, when it was not going great year one. And well, because look, there's a chance Colorado goes five and seven, right? I mean, let's just be fair. The fact that they started three and zero, Sark started four and one, and then went five and seven. It's a long season. Then injuries hit, and then the book is out on you, and you know the the scouting reports are in, and they're not good on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, That that's just fact. They're not good. Uh, And Dion has said as much. He's already said we need to go out and get eight, ten war daddies up on both sides of the ball, which is what Sark has done. Sark has built the lines of scrimmage while recruiting other skill talent on both sides, and now all of a sudden they're number three in the country. Uh, but it didn't. When I say all of a sudden, it took a, you know three off seasons to, to to put this in place. That's where Dion's trying to go. But I don't know that this is helpful. So <laughs> this did, did you did Oregon put this out? Uh, yeah, so it's from Oregon's. Uh, like they put out a recap video after each game, and this was it, they call it like a cinematic recap, and this was their cinematic. All right, so think recap. about this. So the Dan Lanning video went viral of him talking about we're we're in this for for clicks, not we're wins, not clicks, and all this stuff. Dion's been talking. Well, this is this video is from Oregon's digital department, and it preceded Dan Lanning's pregame speech. So this is on the field at Autzen Stadium before the game. Now you got to listen, but these are all Colorado players talking trash to the Oregon players. Okay, this is the players from Colorado doing things on the on the the, the, the middle of the logo, yeah, stamping on the O, and, and that preceded the Dan Lanning video. So maybe this puts some um, connects some dots onto why he was so fired up, and he may have been planning that speech. But let's hear this. This is these are Colorado players talking trash to Oregon players in their home building. All right, turn that down. Oh, there it is. The Cinderella story is over, man. It's pretty good. Oh. Does that all mean something to you? Does that all mean something to you? Yeah, I sure as hell mean something to me. Audio not good. You got to watch it though. We'll, we'll put that it's, out. It's powerful to watch, and, and I mean, I, I you, Sorry you get pumped watching, watching Lanning say that. Like Lanning was fired up. Well, so the players just know we'll put this out. Ty, tweet that out. Uh, the players from Colorado were saying some pretty nasty stuff about Oregon. Oh, and they were laughing at the Oregon players warming up. That's a lot of the video. Yes. Yeah. And and laughing and then stomping on the logo, and they were the ones that walked in there and started talking all the trash. And Shiloh called them all small. <laughs> yeah, like they were. They, I mean, it was. I mean, it, 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 this thing will go viral because people will be talking about. Oh, well, that's why Dan Lanning was so angry yeah. because they were, you know, walking in poking the bear. Uh, they were walking in like we're three and zero. We're about to whip your butt, uh, and then letting them know it. Uh, like Dion would be confident, and obviously that didn't go well because they got run off the field. And now they're going to play USC. Uh, and that whole Pac-12 was ranked essentially, right? What is there one bad team, and that's Stanford? Is there another bad team in the Pac-12 right now? Cal, uh, Cal, uh-huh. but you know, Cal fought with uh, uh, Washington for a couple of quarters last week. I mean, it would turn into a blow. Washington might be the best team in the country right now. Washington very well might be the best team in the country right now. Uh, and you know, Cal is bad, but they're not. They're not a pushover. Look, Colorado State's not very good, and Colorado damn near lost to them. Yeah. Uh, so right now, when you can't b- block and protect, ask Dave Aranda. When you can't win the line of scrimmage on either side, you have a hard time uh, with any quality opponent. And there's a lot of quality opponents in the Pac-12. 
So we'll see. I, I was surprised to see that. That you know, not maybe I shouldn't be. But were you surprised to see that that much vitriol from the Colorado players towards Oregon players to start that game? I w- was very surprised. I mean, I, I knew they'd be pumped, but I, I figured they'd be a little a, a little more reserved in that game. But now you see why why Lanning was so mad. You watch that that one kid takes his foot and just stomps and kind of grinds his foot on the O of Oregon, and that that's why he said, you know, does does that O mean something to you? And it was. You know, if somebody did that in in our stadium, man, we'd lose our minds. Right. So, and if, you imagine if they imagine if Colorado did that on uh, on our logo. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right about that. That is uh, interesting. I did not, um, you know, I'm not saying Dion teams, Dion Sanders team's going to show up and not have anything to say, but that was a little over the top. And you said it. If you walk into somebody's building and start saying those kind of things during warmups and inciting it. You better be ready to back it up. And, yeah, but uh, smart on Oregon's part, capitalize on the yeah, capitalize on out. all the Colorado hype train. Like get your get your clicks from it too. It's smart. It's you know that's that's what we're becoming, especially in this social media world. Like it's it it helps the ratings. It helps build up your team's stature. I mean, look at everybody's still talking about Colorado, and they just got beat by you know a hundred. So. <laughs> Well, and they will be because Dion has created that, and it's a great story. I mean, one hundred percent. But that will put a different, little bit of a different face because there'll be say folks who say, "Come on, man, uh, that that's over the top to walk into somebody's field." And <laughs> look, remember Cowboy fans? Who was the guy Ty that uh, ran onto the star? And uh, was it George Teague? George Teague. It was T O. Yeah, it was T O. Yeah, and George Teague jacked him. Cleaned jacked him. him up. I mean, there's just things Hall you don't do. <laughs> I mean, the coaches can talk, and we can keep receipts, and we can have you know. Good rivalry, and obviously Jay Norvell talking about you know sunglasses, and let's all get rich off sunglasses now. But that was that was personal. I mean, it was personal stuff that they were saying. You got to go listen to it because it, the music is so loud and it's you know on the field yelling. But yeah. um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I just I didn't expect to see that. Uh, but because I do think Dion's running a good program. I think he's doing a hell of a job. I think his team is a lot better coached than I thought. But you know, they he talks, they talk. I yeah, think and it do. takes time. We just talked about that. It takes time. But they, I mean, they 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 had the the fortunate you know event of coming out and and having a big game against TCU, and I think that kind of created just this whole thing of unstoppable. And it's you know, I think that going through this Pac-12 schedule is going to actually put them put them a little in their place. Well, I think it will too. And uh, well, let's be fair. I mean, we all watched that game, and Colorado was amazing against TCU. TCU was horrible. Yeah. I mean, what they, what they they twenty four missed tackles. I mean, they, they were just not ready to play, and that's a hundred percent on Sonny Dykes. It doesn't. It's like the it's like the Dolphins against the uh, Broncos the other day. Don't, don't take no credit from the Dolphins and how good they are, but the Broncos were awful. They didn't yep. want to be there. And yes, TCU took Colorado very lightly, and it turned into this explosion of Deion Sanders because they beat a team that was playing for a national championship six months ago or seven yeah. months ago. That's a huge storyline. Uh, but we know it's a whole different TCU team that hasn't lost a game since, by the way, and they've played a lot better. Uh, played a terrible game that day, and, and you know Colorado had the element of surprise with all the new players and all the new coaches. Then they beat a, a, a Nebraska team that maybe is as quarterback challenged as any program in the Power Five. The quarterback situation at, for Matt Rule is awful. Yep. And they took advantage of that and beat the daylights out of them. And then, of course, the Colorado State game, they were very lucky to win. But to get off with three – and Shadur Sanders made that happen. It was an unbelievable comeback. Um, and they had all the cheap shots from Colorado State in that game. It, it, you couldn't write the drama, the script, any better. Our buddy Monty Williams, the screenwriter, couldn't write it better. But you're right. It, I, I think it's about to – it'll be interesting to see how it gets covered as it goes now because they lost badly to Oregon 42-6. to And if you watch that game, it could have been a lot worse. That could have been a – they pulled off 
the dogs. I mean, it was 42 nothing, and it could have been 50-60-0. Oh, yeah, that was, that was bad. Then they're going to play USC. Then they have to go to Arizona State, and I just watched Arizona State play USC a pretty good game. Uh, they had USC. They scored 28 points on that game team, and USC had to pull away late. Uh, Stanford, they'll play. That's a win. Then they got to go to UCLA. They've got to come home to Oregon State. They play Arizona. They play Washington State and Utah. To wrap up the season, I mean, they may win one or two more games. Maybe. That Washington State team, people know that's my parents' alma mater, so I pay attention to them. They're, they're. I mean, Washington State gets it done. They're, they're looking for a conference. Them and Oregon State, and I, I do laugh at. It talks about the resale value of all the Colorado tickets, and they're all high value. And then the game in a uh, in a uh, Pullman is uh, sixty four dollars compared to uh, two hundred and something at the other games. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward. I mean, look in. They, they have games. three. They have three wins. They may get two more. Um. And if they get to six and six, it's a great job. Not a good job, a great job by Deion Sanders. Because again, they, they, it's looking like a team that Steve Sarkeesian had in year one. That skill players were good, lines of scrimmage were terrible, and over the course of time, and depth was terrible on defense because of the attrition in the coaching change. And they ended. They started four and one and end up five and seven. They're going to have trouble winning many more games. Like I, just looking at that one, schedule. One, two, three, four. You know, five more ranked teams to go for them after just playing one. And then even some some tough trips against teams that aren't ranked right now, like UCLA, uh, that they have to go play. All right, we'll come back. I think Arizona State's decent. We come back. We'll uh, go off the record. Our buddy Mike Craven, the senior writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, will join us after the top of the hour. Talk about his eyewitness account of Texas' destruction of Baylor on Saturday. What he thinks of the Longhorns and the uh, teams in the state of Texas. That's coming back. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, they ain't cold. Well, congratulations, continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! The Off the Record doesn't suck. Uh, National Pancake Day. You a fan of pancakes, Nick Shuley, Ty? Or are you on flapjacks? Yeah. I'm going to go home and make some pancakes every well, once or twice a week. Really? Yeah. Nice. I eat them a lot, but I love them. It's, it's, it's a little messy, I will say that. It's, Weird having done radio up. this long. My former co-host, pancakes used to be a euphemism for something else. <laughs> yeah, so... What, saggy boobs? No. <laughs> no. Pancakes with butter and syrup. This is, I don't know, real, I don't, God, you, you know, you know how thumbs weird things can be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that one, but yeah. No. It's more about the butter and the syrup, but I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so, I don't think I get it. Then that turned into uh, deviled eggs, because I mean, you would never be able to make deviled eggs into something that's. But that's kind of going did. back to what I said originally. <laughs> Double eggs, man. Uh, either way, Just gonna uh, keep quiet. I don't. I, I'm, I'm fine with pancakes. I don't eat them very often, but I do like the idea at McDonald's of the pancakes that wrap around a sandwich. Right? What are they McGriddle? called? McGriddles. Oh. That's a great invention. Sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. That's a that's a great invention. McDonald's pancakes sound really good. Yeah, kind of the savory and sweet, kind of the uh, the McGriddle. When that came online, I was like, damn, that's really good. Uh, also, from off the record, you sent me this, Darren Ravel, with a tweet. You're in the NIL space, Nick Shuley. And here he is. Greatest NIL, D, uh, uh, NIL deal ever. The Iowa pork producers in Iowa, because that's where the Iowa pork producers would be. Uh, the Iowa Pork Producers Association have signed Iowa State football players, five, four of them, for a campaign. Okay? Look how this lines up. 
Uh, four players. Iowa State's not a very good football team right now, but this is a great idea. So they got a picture, Ty, with a big old ham and a bunch of bacon just stacked on top of each other. And then it says, take it from these guys. And it's four Iowa State players with their backs to the to the, to the food. And it's purchase more ham and bacon. So Iowa State has four guys named Bacon, Hammond, Moore, and Purchase. Genius. Isn't that smart? Genius. You're a marketing guy, Ty, uh, uh, Nick. That's good. So they just got these guys purely based off their last names? Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I guarantee you like, most of those guys don't even play. That's a that's a solid – That's I mean, that like figuring that out is impressive. This is good. The Hammond is the key one, right? H-A-M-A-N-N is his name. Hammond. Not Hammond. Hammond. So eat more ham and bacon. Eat more ham and bacon. Come on! That, I mean, that's genius. That might be the best one I've seen. That's good. That's really good. Good, and you got to see it. To the, it's well done. Very well done. There's a, a guy has the last name Eat. No, uh, purchase. Oh, purchase. Purchase more. Purchase ham more. And, bacon. and even if Hammond didn't exist, they could have just done purchase more bacon. So it, yeah, it's pretty purchase solid. More, and then they have a guy named Hammond. I mean, which just lines it up perfectly. That's awesome. Whoever figured that out, props to them. And good recruiting by, uh, uh, you know, good recruiting by Matt. What's his coach's name there? Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. Campbell. That's the best story I've heard about Iowa State this year. That's great. That's right. Hey, Ty, you hang out in the Reddit rabbit hole. You're pretty famous for this. I don't know that I've ever been been to Reddit. Sure, yeah. Well, a guy on Reddit who just got married uh, asked for advice of the Reddit people. So there's just a bunch of people on Reddit, and it's like a chat room kind of thing. Is that right? That's that, it's probably This is probably the subreddit, Ask Me Anything, or Ask Anything. Okay. So you can try to – this is where all your conspiracy theories get to just kicked around and added to. Way more than that, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Guy wanted some advice from the Reddit community because apparently after his honeymoon, he shared nude photos on the honeymoon with the whole family. Ugh. Oh! Ugh. Wait. Yeah. What kind of? I mean, use your imagination. And what a 27-year-old guy asked Reddit for advice over the weekend after he accidentally sent a nude photo of his wife to his entire family and hers. Okay, so it was an accident. Yes. I mean, I hope. They just got married. They were on their honeymoon. He shared a bunch of pics from their trip, including one of her topless in a hot tub. That wasn't bad enough. Uh, her back was turned. Um... But it's like so nude photo. He's trying. He's asking the Reddit community for advice. So we'll ask our community, what would be your advice? Because that would not go over well. You're not married, Nick. You're not married, Ty. But that would not be good, especially that it went to my family. Mm. I've had that kind of happen to me. Uh oh. At dinner one time, I handed my dad my phone to show him something, and he. <laughs> he what? He scrolled the wrong way. Scrolled, and he was like, "Oh, you really need to." Clean, your, clean up your act. Your phone. Like, wow, you saw something in there, didn't you? <laughs> well, was so, it, was so it you or somebody else? It was probably both. I don't, I don't oh! Know. <laughs> probably both. But hey, our relationship's fine, so. Our relationship's fine. You your dad? We looked past it. It was a high five moment so for on your dad. phone you have pictures of you and others? Is this right? Not anymore. I mean, Not? I'm, I'm a... I, I wipe those those files clean after, after a breakup. Of there course, you go. But... You yeah, probably no, he, shouldn't let your dad swipe through your phone. Well, that's lesson. I, I have an issue with people like my friends always get mad because when I'm on my phone, even if, like I'm not, I won't be sending weird texts or looking at anything weird, but I'll hide my phone screen 
And it's just because when I was growing up, my dad would randomly just be like, give me your phone. Give me your phone. And just look through the entire thing. And I'd, so constantly I was like deleting texts, like not even doing anything that bad, but just being over, overly protective of my phone. <laughs> right, and so I you- always yell at my girlfriends too, and they're always like, you're cheating on me. I'm like, no, I just, I have a little PTSD of people being on my phone. So sorry. Uh, and, and Rod Babers isn't here to debate me on this, but I'm just going to say this whole Taylor Swift enormity of this story, 400% increase in jersey shales. Nick, you're on the idea that this is a marketing plan by Team Swift and maybe even Travis Kelsey's maybe people. Both, maybe both teams. Very. If so, it's been handled nicely just to create some good PR for both sides, whether they're dating or not. Um, the Chiefs person loves it. I guarantee this, you their social media person loves it. This is exactly why I argued to Rod that I would, if I were Travis Kelsey, even if I could land Taylor Swift, I would never want any part of it. She's not that hot. Never want any. I don't think she's very attractive, but that this whole circus is exactly why there are a lot of fish in the sea um, yeah, no, for Travis you. Kelsey. And by the way, on that uh, story of the Oregon releasing the video from Colorado players, on the video, which we can't play for you, uh, well, was tr- we were trying to talk about about how it incited the Oregon players. Shiloh Sanders, <laughs> the safety son of Dion, shouted at players on the Oregon team, I'll beat the blank out of every one of y'all and your coach. Makes sense why Lanning was a little animated. And your coach. Yeah. How'd that work out? And, and as I, I predicted and wasn't surprising, it's gone viral. It's gone everywhere now. Now the big lead has it. USA Today has it. The fact that Oregon put out this video now puts a whole new spin on the Dan Lanning video. So you can expect that to be yelled about today on ESPN and Fox Sports and all that stuff. It says, Ty, do you know you can hide those pics on your phone? <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's an app for that. We'll be back. Rolling on. Mike Craven talks college football coming up.